This is the premier podcast for late model dirt track racing. This is Forward Bite, hosted by superfan and actual know-it-all Kyle Armstrong on the Speed Sport Podcast Network. Welcome back to another edition of the Forward Bite Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Armstrong. This is episode number 32, and today we're lucky to be talking to Derek Ramey. Derek raced the super late model this weekend at the Carolina Sizzler out at the dirt track at Charlotte Motor Speedway and uh, actually ran pretty good. He was the only driver to lead any laps other than Brandon Overton this weekend leading the first two laps. And I've been wanting to get him on for a long time and uh, it's kind of waiting on him to do something uh, something spectacular in a, in a super. And, and he did this weekend. He uh, held his own and finished fifth there. So we're going to talk to him here in a bit about that. But yeah, Carolina Sizzler this weekend at Charlotte Dirt Track. It was a, it was a hot weekend, man. It was a lot of fun uh, being there and seeing all the people and everything. But uh, but it was it was hot. It was uh, it definitely was hot. And there, you know, a little bit of rain in the forecast too. Uh, on Sunday morning it rained, and then uh, Friday uh, Sun Sunday right at the end of the show it rained. Uh, so it was kind of kind of a kind of a weather plague deal in a way but uh, you know saturday they they spent a lot of time hot lapping and qualifying and and really ran out of time and had to send a lot of cars to the to the trailer and didn't even give them a chance to run a b main a lot of a lot of mixed emotions about that i you know i've got got ideas of how i think you could fix that but uh you know that's probably uh that's probably a debate for another day and it's it, it definitely is a debate you can't please everybody on that so so yeah we uh we had fun this weekend. I uh, it was cool to get to see Ronnie Johnson pick up the win too. Ronnie Johnson swept the weekend in the in the Steel Block Bandit Series with uh, you know he hasn't raced there since two thousand. And uh, Ronnie Johnson came in there this weekend and that and that team car he's driving for and uh, was just dominant. He uh, he led every lap in all his features and went on the win and and that's pretty iconic for Ronnie Johnson to win there because. Of course, his father, Joe Lee Johnson, won the very first World 600 across the street there at Charlotte Motor Speedway way back in 1960. So you're talking about 61 years later, and his son, Ronnie, shows up and wins there and uh, only like a second start there at Charlotte Dirt Track. So so that was a pretty historical moment, I thought. And, and of course, our friend uh, Lenny Baticki posted a cool picture. You can see it on his so- social media where – Ronnie posed in front of a picture from like a black and white picture they've got on the wall there somewhere with uh, with his dad in Victory Lane and Curtis Turner and uh, Bruton Smith presenting him the trophy back in 1960. So that was pretty cool to see the uh, the likeness of, of Ronnie and his father Joe Lee there. So that was a cool moment, I thought, for sure. Uh, not, as, not as big of a deal was made out of it as I thought there should have been, but... Uh, but cool nonetheless. Um, man, I got to meet Ashley Ness. Him and uh, some guys brought the D1RT Jim Dunn uh, tribute car up there. And, man, I got the full scoop on that thing. I probably talked to him for about 30 minutes, and about 25 minutes into the conversation, I was wishing I was uh, I had record re- recording it for the podcast or something because he was telling me some great stuff about Pinsboro and and Jim Dunn and that car that they restored and everything, uh, pretty cool. I, I posted some pictures of it on social media, so you can check those out. But, man, just beautiful car that they did and did a good job on it. And, of course, Lost Speedways did a show about it here recently, so it's kind of a big deal right now to uh, to see that car for sure and, and get to talk to him. But 
Yeah, Ashley Ness, I think, would be a heck of a guest here in the future for the podcast. I got his uh, contact information there this weekend, and uh, hopefully we can line something up with him in the future. Uh, he's got a ton of great stories, a wealth of knowledge, too. So, so that was cool to see him. Uh, got to meet Chip Vineyard uh, for the first time. You know, I had Matt Henderson on the podcast there a while back, and uh, Chip Vineyard was up in the trailer there, and I was talking to Matt and Chip back and forth, and we we're kind of just debating about the show format and everything, and got got to meet him. So got to really shake his hand and tell him I've appreciated seeing all his work through the years, and that he can put a body on a race car like no other. He really does a good job on that, no doubt. So it's good to meet him. Um, my buddy James Honeycutt came to the race Saturday night and came up and sat with me in the stands, and um, so he he had a good time. We we had a good time watching the race and the stuff. Big fan of the show. So shout out to James and. And, of course, Jason Curd, the original Dirt Man, came out on Sunday night and brought his son. And uh, they, they sat with me up in the stands. And Jason texted me this morning or last night and said that him and his son listened to the podcast all the way home last night. And now his son's a big fan of Dirt Lake Model Racing. And that was one of the first big races he had ever been to. So now, uh, you know, we made a fan out of him. So good to see those guys there this weekend and and plenty more i saw so many people and had so many cool conversations and and there's no telling we'll have some good guests coming up on the show for sure because we got a lot of good ideas about some things going on this weekend and and i'd also like to thank jacqueline rumley she uh really worked overtime this week getting me some patch hats together with the forward bike podcast logo on them and had those there this weekend available for sale and you know, that's the best way you can support this podcast. If you like what you're hearing and, and keeping up with us every week, you know, I'll have those uh, hats for sale. If you see me in person at the track or uh, uh, I'm going to put them on, on, uh, online there on our social media pages, you can just reach out to me that way and grab you one and, uh, and wear it proudly. You know, we want to make those things a fashion statement, you know, and uh, get them out there. So I went to the post office today. I mailed them to four different states today. So let's get them out there. Let's try to get to at least half of them. So, if we can get them in 25 states, that's that's going to be pretty cool. So, like to see that stuff, cool stuff. Yeah, check those out. And of course, um, our sponsors are One Facility Services, Andy's Towing, Longhorn, and Bill Stein for uh, all their support. And Josh Rice picked up the win Friday night at Beckley Motorsports Park at the Stellar Nationals opener. That was quite an exciting race for sure. Josh Rice picked up the ten thousand fifty three dollar check. And Dennis Herb Jr. won that same night in the World of Outlaws out in Grand Forks, North Dakota at River City Speedway. Uh, Jonathan Davenport picked up the big $15,000 Diamond Nationals at Lucas Oil Speedway in Wheatland, Missouri. And Frank Heckenass Jr. picked up the World of Outlaws win Saturday night at I-94 Sure Step Speedway in Fergus Falls, Minnesota. Uh, the birthday race, Summer Nationals at Oak Shade Raceway Park in Ohio. Ashton Winger picked up another win in the in the summer nationals and jacob hawkins picked up a win in tyler county west virginia saturday night brett ham picked up the carolina clash victory down at fayetteville motor speedway they've been working hard to get their car back out on the track and picked up the win this weekend so congratulations to brett ham and that team they uh they work hard of course like i mentioned brandon overton won this weekend at charlotte at the dirt track and the big super late model race there on sunday picked up another twenty thousand dollars to continue to pad his bank account and he's only lost i think one race out of the last nine starts he's ran so he's he's on top of the on top of the world right now and 
So, uh, so yeah, no doubt about that. And then Brandon Shepard picked up a win yesterday in the World of Outlaws at Red Cedar Speedway in Menominee, Wisconsin. Mike Marler picked up an unsanctioned super late model $10,000 victory in Moberly, Missouri at Randolph County Raceway. And Dylan Brown picked up the big $10,000 check yesterday at the dirt track at Charlotte and swept the weekend as well. So, and like I said, Ronnie Johnson, man, that's it don't get no cooler than that. That is for sure. The Southern Nationals are in action picking up this weekend at Volunteer Speedway tonight, Bulls Gap, Tennessee. Some other notable upcoming events will be the Silver Dollar Nationals coming up this weekend at I-80 Speedway, paying 53000 to win on Saturday night with preliminary action, paying quite a bit of money, too. There will be a 30000 to win race on Thursday night, so... And then the following week, of course, is the Prairie Dirt Classic at Fairbury Speedway in Fairbury, Illinois. And that's going to be a pretty neat deal. And look forward to telling you a little bit more about that event coming up on next week's podcast. But today, we've got Derek Ramey coming onto the show and uh, looking forward to hearing what he has to say. So stay tuned right here with us on the Forward Bike Podcast. And Derek Ramey will be on the other side of the break. Welcome back to the Speed Sport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. This is the Forward Bike Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Armstrong, and I'm looking forward to this conversation with Derek Ramey coming up. But first, want to find out how folks go from humble beginnings in the world to their dream job in motorsports. Tim Packman sits down every week to get you the inside scoop. It's how I got here, and the latest episode is available now on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, NASCAR Digital Media, and your favorite podcast platforms. With everything from resto mods to number matching classics, American muscle to European exotics, watch as a dazzling array of vehicles cross the block at the GAA Classic Cars Auction. Tune in on MAV TV Thursday, July 22nd. Check your local listings for channel and time. Well, we've got Derek Ramey on the show today. What's going on today, Derek? Oh, not much. Just, uh, Sitting at home, taking it easy after that busy weekend we had up here at Charlotte. Yeah, we uh, we we uh, were you know we were both there all weekend, man. We wasted a whole weekend over there, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's been a lot <laughs> over there. Luckily, uh, luckily they got it in before rain came last night, though. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, yeah. Well, tell let's uh, let's bring the listeners up to speed on who you are before we get into that race at Charlotte this weekend. Cause I definitely want to talk about that. There's a lot to, uh, a lot to unpack from this weekend for sure. But, uh, Derek, you, uh, so how old are you and wh- when did you get your start? How long have you been racing? Uh, 28 now, uh, been around racing all my life. That's all my dad's ever done. He's, uh, he's built engines for, you know, just about every cup team in business for, many many years built motors for lots of different series lots of different drivers on multiple nascar championships and multiple nascar races you know back then it was bush truck races uh and so i mean it's all about uh he started me out in go-karts when i was five uh go-karts for about five six years you know won many many races a couple of big championships uh and we got out of that about 11 or 12. Uh, got into the Bandolero stuff and the Legends stuff. Did that for a couple of years. Uh, had a lot of success in that one. Some big races and uh, some big championships. And then after after Bandolero, got into the Alice and Legacy series back then. Uh, ran that for about a year. Tried, you know, tried 
feeling the whole NASCAR dream, but it just, it, I mean, the asphalt racing was getting a little too expensive for us at the time. Uh, Dad used to own plate models back in the day, uh, running, you know, Carolina, uh, Carolina Valley, stuff like that. So he said, you know what, heck with it, let's get dirt cars. We got our first modified back in like 2010 and uh, ran modified for, for about six, seven years. Uh, one, half, you know, was very successful in that. Won a lot of big races, a lot of championships. And uh, modified stuff has just kind of started dying around here. And uh, I'm, with my busy work schedule, we didn't really, you know, have time to travel a whole bunch. Of, and, I mean, the super stuff's always been pretty big around here. So we, uh, we did a one-year late models and had a lot of success in that won a couple races and uh finally decided to up the super stuff and we've had a blast we haven't got wins yet but we've had a bunch of good runs but looking forward to that first win yeah so after all that of course you know your your father earl you know he built uh built a lot of engines and he even owned a craftsman truck team there at one time and and uh you know it seemed like i'm sure you probably thought your path was probably asphalt or nascar or whatever but uh but, you know, you've sort of, in a way, made a name for yourself in the dirt world. So uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, uh, when, you know, the whole goal was for me to try to get there. But, uh, I mean, the funds were funds were really never there to, you know, help backing and good equipment and, and you know, to try to push me to get there. So, I mean, my dad, he spent every dime he's ever, you know, made or earned to try to get me, you know, just to any track any car he could uh i mean he's done he's spent his whole retirement his whole 401k on me you know just trying to make a name but uh i mean we wouldn't change it for the world we've you know we've made a lot of memories and uh seen a lot of places and done a lot of things that you know a lot of people wish they could do and uh i mean it's it's been a blast and we wouldn't get that first super win bad yeah, I, I think, uh, like I said, it's it's coming. I think it's, uh, I think after as good as you ran this weekend, you had some speed, and you know, of course, your dad builds your engine, so I wonder if uh, other other teams are looking at that and said, "Damn, you know, he, uh, you know, he might have something. He might have something top secret there. What do we we need to get on that program?" Yeah, that would uh, that would be that'd be cool, you know, to get one of these big guys, you know, with one of dad's motors under the hood. Uh, he he works his butt off, you know. I mean. Uh, I mean, we've never really had the funds, you know, to go out and, you know, spend all the money on racing. And, I mean, we work, you know, 60 to 100 hours a week, uh, you know, my regular job. And I know he works just as much as I do. And he uh, he busts his butt, you know, to try to give me everything I can, you know, everything I need to, you know, go and run good. And uh, he uh, he's definitely got his engine stuff running good. And uh, he's got, you know got the best equipment he can buy over at his new shop uh chassis dyno we uh we've really spent a lot of time over here, you know trying to trying to get as good as we can yeah they've got the technology over there i've been to his shop a time or two and he's uh man it's it's a nice place over there he's uh he's got it going on you could uh you could probably eat a meal off the floor over there it's so clean too you know so it's he's got a nice place and yeah i think uh i think he's got a uh you know he would kind of stopped you know his business there for a little while i guess and he's kind of got back into it man it seems like he's busier than ever here lately and uh so tell me a little bit about that and then i'll ask more about what you do for a living because i know you're busy as ever too yeah he uh he's definitely been you know very privileged here lately and very blessed and uh he's 
he has been absolutely swamped with motors. I mean, I, I guess it's a good thing, but I mean, he's, he's, uh, he's definitely been, you know, putting a name for himself out there and he's definitely been, you know, building some of the best stuff around. I mean, of course he's my dad. I think, you know, his stuff's better than everybody's, but he, uh, he definitely puts the time and effort into it, you know, to try to make every motor the best it can be. I mean, he's not going to give nobody anything better than the next guy. He's going to make, you know, every motor he can, you know, the best it can be. So, I mean, and man, he's sometimes I tell him, dad, you got to slow down. You're going to stress yourself out. But he, uh, he never slows down. And, you know, I mean, he always goes above and beyond to try to help everybody else out. And, uh, I mean, Hey, we got a racetrack and somebody's not even running his motor. I mean, heck, he's always there to help him. And, uh, I mean, that's just, so what kind of guy he is. So, I mean, we butt heads a lot of times, but there at the end of the day, he always gets it figured out and finds a way. Yeah, no doubt about that. It's, uh, it ain't always going to be a, it ain't always going to be a, uh, straight and easy path, you know, especially working with family and, and your dad, I, he's a, he's a, he's a wide open kind of guy. So, but yeah, so um i want to ask what you do for a living i know uh, you're you're basically like a lineman or an electrician or something whenever there's an outage or something or a hurricane or something in florida man you're one of the first responders to go down there and uh you work a lot of hours a lot you know away from the home and all that and it, that's got to make it hard to race but uh tell the listeners a little bit about more like what you do for a living yeah actually uh i'm a lineman for a you know uh we're a subcontractor for duke power work for utility lines construction services but uh yeah, man, the hours. Whew. They uh, they've been kicking our butt lately. We uh, we've been working like crazy, and uh, I mean, like before this weekend, we had a couple broke poles that a car hit, so I had to go do that before I even come to the track. And luckily, we finished up in time, and uh, I had come straight from work and uh, come straight to the racetrack. But uh, yeah, man, it takes a lot of time away from home. Uh, it takes a lot of time away from the shop too. So I mean kind of makes it hard to be able to go run all the time because i mean we're on call a lot and uh just i mean it's it's a very demanding job but i mean it, it pays the bills so i can't complain yeah definitely you got to take care of that job that's the that's the top priority uh that's that's what affords you the opportunities to race so you have to you have to take advantage of uh of every hour they'll let you work and all that so uh so yeah but i, I notice you stay extremely busy and away from home a lot and yeah, it's got to be tough. Like you said, I, I think so. Um, this weekend, you ran a super late model at Charlotte, and that was uh, probably one of your – was that maybe your first start of the year, or have you raced earlier than, since then? Well, actually, this year, uh, we has, we we were going to do some, some different stuff this year, you know, for some other people, and, you know, some stuff fell through. Stuff didn't work out. But a uh, buddy of ours, Ty Lutinsky, he's from uh, – up in connecticut or no uh maine sorry and uh he's been a friend of ours for a couple of years now and uh he's always wanted to have his you know he's always wanted to go super late model racing so he uh he you know come on board and helped us and uh he's he gave me a chance and uh, i mean at the beginning of the year this year stuff wasn't looking good i didn't even know if we we're gonna be racing and uh he's gave me the shot and you know bought me bought me whatever i needed you know just he said you know whatever you need to you know go whatever you think you need to go run competitive he said look no we'll get it and uh if it wasn't for him and my dad man we've i'd probably be sitting on the couch watching the races at home but uh 
but yeah, up until this year, I mean, with being busy at work and you know other stuff, we've we've only ran like two or three times, and uh, the driver didn't show up the rest of the races. I kind of let my guys down, you know, crashed out or just you know bad luck. But uh, we had a third place down in Gaffney, our first race this year. Uh, was running like third at Carolina, and driver had a little mishap, put it in the wall. But uh, other than that, man, we've this is only about our third or fourth race this year, so I was tickled to death with the way we ran this weekend. You've had your fair share of bad luck over the past couple of years in this, you know, in, in this super late model endeavor, and I think it's about time for your luck to turn around. And I think, I think last night was maybe hopefully a peek into the future of what you're capable of. I hope so, man. This this super stuff everybody told me, you know, because uh, I mean we we were very very successful in the modified stuff, you know, won a lot of races traveled up and down the road, uh, won some big championships, stuff like that. And uh, everybody told me, you know, this, this super late models will humble you in a minute. And, uh, man, they weren't lying when they said it. And, boy, the hours you got to put in, I mean, you can't, you know, you can't, you got to show up to the race track 100% every time. And uh, it's, it's just making us that much more hungry, you know, to get that first one in. And we've been, we've been working harder than ever, so hopefully uh, – over our luck's turn around and we can, you know, click off some good, some more, you know, good finishes and hopefully click off that first win. Well, yesterday at Charlotte, you, uh, in qualifying, you went out earlier than, than most and, and you laid a pretty good lap down and it, it stood the test of time throughout the entire session. And then Brandon Overton went out late and he was two tenths quicker. And, uh, and of course, Brandon Overton's just at this, at this, uh, current moment, he's just the best there is, I guess, you know, he's got, for so but for him to but for you to qualify second to him and then uh you know that had to feel pretty special and then and then of course you you were the only other driver to lead laps last night there at that race at charlotte uh other than brandon overton leading the first couple of laps there so um so you were right in the mix but how'd that feel lining up on the front row of a of a big show like that twenty thousand to win yesterday at charlotte oh that was that was huge for us uh man i was just <laughs> Like, me and all my guys and my wife were sitting there talking. We were like, man, if we go and, you know, finish top 10, top 5, you know, we'll be we'll be tickle pink. But I come in from qualifying, and they show me the lap time on race monitor, and I was still in the front row, you know, still on top of the boards. And I was like, man, that was a pretty good lap. And uh, kept going, and, you know, and some of the better cars kept going out, like Timmy and Creedy, you know, Dale McDowell, Ross, uh, Trent, you know, all them guys. And I was like, man, we – we might qualify on the pole for once and at a big race and uh and yeah brandon man he's he's been having an unbelievable season uh and i i knew if i knew if we could you know start start within the top five we'd have a good piece i mean i wasn't planning on going out there and being able to win but i knew we'd you know at least have a shot at a good good finish and once i seen we were uh still on outside pole after brandon got by us you know during qualifying i was like Man, we might, you know, we we might do better than I thought, and uh, we fired off there in the race, and I took the first, I took lead on the first lap, and I was like, man, this is awesome. I mean, I I never in a million years would have thought I would have, you know, started on the outside pole at Charlotte, and you know, with such good competition, and you know, be able to run side by side with, you know, some of them guys multiple laps, but them them guys, man, you you learn so much so even after they pass, you just you learn so much following and watching them, and uh man i was tickled pink about last night yeah for sure you were on their level last night well 
Uh, Derek, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll come back on the other side and ask you some more questions. Sounds good. Coming up more with Derek Ramey. This is the Forward Bike Podcast on the Speed Sport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the Forward Bike Podcast on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, NASCAR Digital Media. Zero to 60 in less than a second seems unrealistic, right? Not on the iRacers download. Taylor Burris and Justin Prince take you behind the scenes of the iRacing world with drivers from the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing series and more, plus news and updates you'll only find here. The latest episode is available now on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, NASCAR, digital media, and your favorite podcast platforms. Well, Derek, before the break there, we were talking about that race at Charlotte this weekend, and, uh, and of course, you finished fifth there. Um, what were your goals and expectations going into that race there this weekend, and uh, and did you exceed your goals? Oh, yeah. I mean, by, we exceeded them by far. I mean, after the season we've had and, you know, having a lot of bad luck and, you know, a couple DNFs and really only we've finished one race this year out of, you know, the two or three or whatever we've ran. And uh, it's it's been a rough season, you know, trying to get back going, driver getting comfortable, stuff like that. And, uh, I was, I mean, I was going to be happy, you know, just to finish in the top 10 and finish and, you know, run these and, qualifying second and you know starting on the front row and actually being able to lead some laps you know at a big show like that and you know potentially try to get our name out there uh just being able to run good with you know very very good competition and you know with one of the hottest guys in the country right now and uh you know multiple other very very you know veteran drivers like i was able to run you know side by side with mccready for a couple laps and side by side with dale mcdowell you know i mean that's guys I grew up watching, you know, as a kid, like, man, that'd be awesome someday, you know, to even be able to be on the same racetrack as them or even be at the same race and, you know, to be able to run side by side with them and out qualify them and stuff like that was just, you know, that was amazing. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, and of course you had on a Brandon Overton t-shirt today. I saw a picture of, so, uh, maybe, maybe somewhere, somehow Brandon's got one of your t-shirts on. What do you think about that? <laughs> that'd be pretty cool but i guess when he beats you on monday you gotta or when he beats you on sunday you gotta represent him on monday yeah and how rare was that really to be racing on a sunday night like that especially in the summertime like this it's uh kind of uncommon in, in our area anyway yeah i mean every you know you most of the races here are friday or saturday so i kept thinking yesterday was saturday and forgot i had to wake up and go to work today but luckily uh luckily we got a rain check today at work so it's time to relax a little bit after you know the hectic last two weeks i've had with work and trying to get ready for charlotte and all that so it was nice to nice to re- get a day to relax yeah it threw me off this week the, that too you know i i went over there this weekend with my camper and stuff and and just kind of just relaxed all weekend but then you almost in another day just to uh just to relax from your from your relaxation i guess but uh man what about you talking about a rain check what about that storm that came in after the race last night when they called the uh 604s off the track and man it, it you couldn't get out of there quick enough it was just a monsoon wasn't it oh yeah for sure <laughs> i i i hurry up and got loaded up and i went to the house about you know halfway through the 604 race and it coming down pour down 85 i was running about 30 mile an hour down 85 and i was like Man, I hope they got all the races in. And uh, my dad, he did all the, you know, tech and teardown for the 604 race. And he called me and 
he was like, he was sending me pictures. They were in ankle deep water, you know, pulling motors last night. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, they should have just, yeah, that was, I've never, I don't, I, I'm trying to think of a word to describe it, but I don't think I've seen rain like that. It's been a long time since I've seen it rain that hard or, or driven in it, I guess is what I should say, because yeah, you're right. I mean, I was driving home from that deal last night. I don't think I went faster than 45 all the way down 85 last night. It took forever to get home. It just, uh, it, it was bad, wasn't it? So, Oh yeah. Yeah. Luckily, uh, luckily the phone stayed quiet last night and I didn't have to go to work. Yeah, no doubt about that. Yeah, that was a heck of a uh, heck of a downpour. So, but yeah, you so so that was that was all this weekend. That's in the books. Uh, what are some more upcoming races you've got on your radar and in, and uh, in, in the future here coming up? Uh, I'm not really sure. Uh, me and you know, me and Dad and Todd are going to sit down and talk and you know try to figure out uh, try to you know find out some big races coming up. I know I know there's a lot of big money coming up down at Gaffney you know, multiple times to finish out the year. So, you know, definitely try to hit some of those, uh, try to possibly hit the two big ultimate races coming up at, uh, Virginia motor. And I think it's Richmond, I think. And, uh, I believe I'm gonna take this weekend off and, uh, go do some fishing and sit my butt in the sand and have me some adult beverages after the <laughs> last two weeks. We've had. I don't blame you there, but after that, after that, after that good run you had there this weekend at Charlotte, do you wish every weekend could, or do you wish more races could be ran at Charlotte? I guess is what I'm trying to say. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, that's, that's by far one of the nicest, nicest facilities around. Uh, I wish they did race there more often. Uh, maybe that's something we need to, you know, try to work on getting them to have a, you know, one show a month maybe, or so, yeah, I mean, just a couple more shows a year, but, uh, yeah, because it's not, because, I mean, it's, you know, 10 minutes down the road from my dad's mm -hmm, shop, yeah. you know, where the race car stays out. And I mean, I, I work just, you know, not too far from there. So, I mean, it's nice to come home and sleep in your own bed at night, too. Well, I just think it's good to have a have an event like that coming to town, the Carolina Sizzler, uh, you know, a different event other than, because we've really only had two races there a year, uh, the last few years, you know, of course, the World Finals and then the World Short Track Championship there. And late in the year and it's good to see another race come to town at such a crown jewel facility i guess you could call it uh in the summertime so i hope uh the promoters of the carolina sizzler uh stick around and uh have the second annual next year but uh but i guess we'll see for sure but uh yeah so you know you talked about uh coming from the, and i want to talk more about the modified your modified career too but this just came to my mind uh you were racing modifieds and uh, weren't you up at like Fairbury, Illinois, and and you drove a super late model for your first time? Was that was that where that was? Yeah, that was a uh, that was actually the first time I ever stepped foot in a late model. Uh, Dad started uh, building some motors for a guy named Jeremy Conway that lives up there in Springfield, Illinois, and uh, he he called us up one week. And he's like, "Y'all do anything this weekend?" Like, no, I was up, and uh, he invited me up to you know come strapping the super late model. And, I, I, you know, I mean, that was always my dream to go and race super late models. And, uh, he gave me my first chance and, uh, we went up to farmer city the first night, got rained out, uh, and went to fair, went to spoon river the next night. And, uh, that was my, I mean, so basically my first ever laps in late model started, uh, qualified on the pole. Actually, like I was shocked and, uh, we ran like third that night and I was like, man, this is, you know, this is crazy. And then, uh, 
went to Fairbury the next night. And if nobody's ever been to Fairbury, they definitely uh, they definitely need to check that one off their bucket list because that that is one of the you know most awesome facilities. Like the town, just everything about it, like the atmosphere is you know incredible. And uh, we started like I don't know 18th or something like that, and finished like ninth or something. And uh, that's a that was that was you know that was incredible but uh and then like two two weeks later or whatever two months uh we went back up back up there for the pdc and uh we took our modified and uh we almost won the first night in the modified and then the second night we uh we sucked pretty bad but i mean that's that's what happens when you go up there and you know that dirt up there it's it's totally different and uh it's it's definitely a learning curve to go up there and run on you know that black Midwest dirt than it is compared to down here. But uh, yeah, that was that was the first time I ever stepped foot in a late model. Well, describe what that was like that night. I know I remember you hearing you describe it back at the time, but for the first time having all that horsepower under you uh, and being at some of those tracks in Illinois, that had to be some kind of a feeling. If you can describe that. Oh yeah, it was definitely uh, it was definitely different. You know after. Because the modified stuff, I mean, you're on big motor, small tires. I mean, it's it's like strapping on the back of a bull driving a modified. You know, me and Strickland were actually talking about it this weekend because we both came from modifieds. And, uh, we were down there at the driver's meeting and some of the other, you know, late model guys were talking about it. And it's uh, it's definitely a definitely a different feeling strapping in to a late model compared to a modified. It's, uh, it's like, you know, apples and oranges, but I mean late model stuff man it's just so fun to drive yeah no doubt so uh do you still have any of your modified stuff or are you kind of just strictly super late model racing now no we actually uh we actually all we sold all our modified stuff in uh 2000 at the end of 2017 and we've been uh strictly late model since yeah i've seen you race the the modified I've, i remember seeing you win a lot of races in those uh in those cars that uh a lot of these tracks around here, Carolina and, you know, others, but, uh, give me a couple of, I don't know, good memories or some battles or some memories you've got from racing with some like Nick Hoffman's or Kyle Strickler's or whatever from, from those days around our area. Oh, for sure. I mean, it could go on and on. <laughs> yeah. It you used to show up to, you know, Carolina or East Lincoln on a Friday or Saturday night. And I mean, you'd have two of the best drivers in the country you know racing modifieds in your backyard i mean our, all of our shops were like five minutes apart that's what you know was crazy like when i first started at modifieds it was you know me nick hoffman kyle strickler uh ryan ayers uh i mean david rudiman i mean we'd all be at the same racetrack you know our local local short track every friday or saturday night battling it out and then you know now that's two of the best two of the best wheelmen in the country right now so i mean that was I learned a lot off of them, you know, growing up racing with them and stuff like that. So it was a, it was definitely, it was definitely some <laughs> hard fought battles back then. And a lot of, a lot of nights we, we go as friends and not leave as friends, but I mean, it was a, it was, it was a lot of fun back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all had some hard news battles for sure. Went up and down the road and hit a lot of big races all around the country. I mean, you, uh, you know, we talk about it a lot on this show, but Eldora, you went there and ran the uh, ran a couple of times. What did you think about racing the modified on that track? Oh, that place is uh, that place is unreal, and I've had quite the few experiences at Eldora. If, I mean, if anybody's you know followed me for a while, they uh, they know what I'm talking about. 
uh, first time we ever went up there. We uh, we ran good one night, and then the second preliminary night, we had a flat, so that put us, you know, terrible off in points. So we uh, started 17th in the D main. <laughs> the D main. Ended up winning it. Uh, so then that transferred us to the C. Started like 16th in the C main and won it. And then uh, come from like 18th in the B main to finish third and transferring to the A main. And uh, just to come all the way from the D main, I mean, and at Eldora, that was uh, that was quite the accomplishment. And uh, then the next year we went back again and had the same thing happen. Had to come all the way from the C main again and uh, transferred in through the C and then uh, transferred in through the B to make the A main again. And that was two years in a row. So that was, uh, that was pretty crazy. And then uh, the next year we went back. We uh, we finished second one night to Nick, and then finished second again the second preliminary night, and then finished fifth uh, on the big money night. And it was like, man, this is kind of boring coming back, you know, not having to go through the alphabet. But it was a uh, that place is unreal itself. Yeah, well, as unreal as it is, do you? Uh, well, I don't know if it's unreal, but is it a realistic expectation for you to maybe uh, venture up there with your super team now and maybe? Look at going to the world, if not this year or next year, you know, uh, coming up, there's, there's obviously going to be, uh, two chances to win the world 100 coming up this year at, at Eldora. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I, I mean, if anybody wouldn't like to go to Eldora, there's a, they need to wake up and have a pulse check, but, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, we've, we've definitely talked about it, uh, here, you know, lately. And, uh, I mean, now that we're, you know, starting to run good and click off some better runs, it's. You know, it's more. It seems more real, realistic for us to go run, you know, bigger races like that. So, it's a, it's a good possibility. Well, we'd love to see you up there. You know, I always go, and uh, it's a good. It is a good time up there. I, I told. I, I talked to Ben Watkins this weekend there at Charlotte a little bit about it too, and he was talking about he wants to go up there for the, for his first time, and they actually might. And uh, I told him, I said, heck, if you don't, if you if it comes down to it and you don't have the car ready or whatever, heck, it's still a good time just to go up there and, and the atmosphere and all that. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. So yeah, I hope to see you up there and all that. So, uh, so yeah, man, it's, what else you got on your mind today, Derek? Not much. Just uh, <laughs> trying, to make, trying to make a living, trying to pay the bills, you know, trying to try and keep the wife happy, trying to keep the babies fed. Just, uh, just living life, man. Just, hanging out taking it one day at a time yeah you've got a beautiful family there and everything and uh i know they uh they support you 100 percent, and it's uh a lot of fun to a lot of fun to see uh like i see snapchats from uh from your wife sometimes or something i don't know if it's snapchat or i've seen videos of uh of, of your daughter there and man she jumps up and down she's your biggest fan you got to be proud of that oh gosh she's uh she's ate up with it man she's uh one day presley was sitting there joking around with her and she's like yeah daddy's gonna be done racing and man you thought her best friend she lost her best friend and uh she's uh she definitely ate up with it she uh when she comes home from a racetrack man she'll be covered from head to toe in dirt and she uh, i mean she knows just about every driver out there she's she's, uh, definitely ate up with it yep she's your biggest fan and supporter and of course uh I'd be remiss to not give you a chance to thank all of your supporters uh, of your race team here before you let f- before we let you go tonight, Derek. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, first off, you know my dad for you know giving me top notch motors and uh, you know always believing in me, supporting me, 
and uh, always gave me the best equipment I could have. Uh, and he's he's went above and beyond, you know, my whole whole racing career to, you know, push me, push me to do better, do better on and off the track. Uh, he's he's done a lot, and you know, him and my mom both. I mean, whether I go out and suck or you know win, just finish good. I mean, they've all supported me. Uh, and then uh, Todd Lutinsky, you know, drives on racing. He's he stepped up and you know really gave me a chance this year. And I think uh, I think we got something you know good going, and hopefully you know we can keep it going on, you know, for multiple years and really make it something. Uh, another one of my big supporters is you know my shot guy Mike Abner. He uh, he's really the he's really the key component behind all this. He uh, you know, I mean, he keeps me, you know, up to date with all the newest and latest, greatest stuff. Uh, he's, uh, he's, he's definitely, you know, the one, one of the ones that's got us going and pointing in the right direction. Uh, uh, another one of our big sponsors is uh, Carl Williford with Grease Monkey. He's, uh, he's been a big uh, supporter of us over the years, and he's continued to stick behind us. Uh, Randy Keene and all the guys over at SRI and uh pfc breaks they've you know they've been with us for the last five six years now uh they've always you know supplied us all the latest greatest brake components uh uh base fuels uh fresh chef if anybody's you know looking for a good place to go eat they need a they need a good fresh chef a look uh that's another one of our good sponsors mel funk uh he owns you know a couple different uh restaurant chains he's uh Matthews, Conover, Mooresville, Huntersville, some other stuff like that. Uh, Pro Fab Headers, all, uh, Andrew, all them guys over here, they've been uh, they've been a supporter of us over the last two or three years too. And man, they've they've built some top top notch headers. Uh, Gene Jones over at Maximo Oil, uh, Bill Pink Carburetors, uh, Russell Kennerling. He he's definitely you know I was I was lost coming in this whole late model world and. Uh, he uh he you know brought me up to speed quick he's he's helped me he uh he answers the phone you know and I, I probably pester pester the hell out of him but he man i talked to him just about more than i talked to my wife uh he definitely helped me out a ton over the years uh dynamic drive lines uh all the guys over at chicken bone alley uh uh, Mike Gatton with Gatton's Tow and Service. He's he's helped us out tremendously. You know, he he runs Friendship Speedway up there, and uh, he's helped us out you know tremendously over the years. Absolutely. So, absolutely. I I mean I know <laughs> I know I'm probably forgetting some, but that's a, uh, and I mean there's there's so many other people to thank. You know that's got me to where I am now, and they don't go forgotten. And uh, all my crew guys in the shop, uh, Ricky, Corey, uh, Darby, Jordan. Man, there's there's so many people to thank. You know, it's not, it's definitely isn't a you know one man band. There's a there's a lot of people behind the scenes, and uh, they know who they are. Absolutely, yeah. You uh, mentioned all the guys at SRI. You know, of course, I'm I feel like I was thanked right there too because I'm one of those guys. So, man, we we appreciated you uh, to being on the show tonight, man. We could uh, we could probably have you on here again sometime and do it again if you'll uh, if you'll do it. Oh yeah, for sure. Anytime, and I appreciate you guys for having me on. Absolutely. Well, that was Derek Ramey on the Andy's Towing Hotline tonight. I'm Kyle Armstrong. This is the Forward Bike Podcast. Another show's in the books for this week. Uh, we'll come back next week and have another one. Uh, until then, see ya. <laughs>